coming up on the news. Iran's top diplomat promises all-out war to result if hit for Saudi attack. 51 US senators invest in firms they are supposed to regulate. And US drone strike intended for ISIS hideout kills 30 pine nut workers. It's Thursday, September 19. I'm Anthony Davis. Any attack on Iran by the US or Saudi Arabia will spark an all-out war, Tehran's top diplomat warned today, raising the stakes as Washington and Rydia weigh a response to a drone and missile strike on the kingdom's oil industry that shook global energy markets. The comments by Foreign Minister Mohammad Javed Zarif represented the starkest warning yet by Iran in a long summer of mysterious attacks and incidents following the collapse of Iran's 2015 nuclear deal more than a year after Donald Trump withdrew the US from the accord. In his comments, Zarif sought to expose current strains between the Americans and the Saudis under Trump, who long has criticised US wars in the Middle East. Trump's close relationship with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has been challenged by opponents following the killing of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi last year in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul and the kingdom's long bloody war in Yemen. Asked what would be the consequence of a US or Saudi strike, Zarif bluntly said, an all-out war. I'm making a very serious statement that we don't want war. We don't want to engage in a military confrontation, he said. We believe that a military confrontation based on deception is awful. Mike Pompeo, who was in the United Arab Emirates, dismissed Zarif's remarks, saying, I was here doing active diplomacy while the foreign minister of Iran is threatening all-out war to fight to the last American. Pompeo said he hoped Iran would choose a path toward peace, but he remained doubtful. He described an enormous consensus in the region that Iran carried out the attack. The UAE is a close ally of Saudi Arabia and joined the kingdom in its war with the Houthi rebels in Yemen. The four-year-old war has killed tens of thousands of people and destroyed much of the country, with millions more driven from their homes and thrown into near starvation. As they set national policy on important issues such as climate change, tech monopolies, medical debt and income inequality, US senators have glaring conflicts of interest and investigation by the news website Sludge can reveal. An analysis of personal financial disclosure data has found that 51 senators and their spouses have as much as $96 million personally invested in corporate stocks in five key sectors. The majority of these stocks come from public companies and some are private. Overall, the senators are invested in 338 companies, including tech firms such as Apple and Microsoft, oil and gas giants including ExxonMobil and Antero Midstream, telecom companies including Verizon, and major defence contractors such as Boeing. Not only are the senators far wealthier than most of their constituents, but they're in a prime position to increase their wealth via policymaking. It's not illegal for members of Congress to have personal financial stakes in the industries on which they regulate, but such investments raise questions about lawmakers' motivations. 
Some senators want to do away with these perceived conflicts of interest. Senator Elizabeth Warren introduced an anti-corruption legislation in August last year that included a ban on members of Congress and other officials from owning individual stocks, bonds, commodities, futures and other types of securities while in office. A US drone strike intended to hit an Islamic State hideout in Afghanistan has killed at least 30 civilians who were resting after harvesting pine nuts. 40 people were also injured in the attack on Wednesday night, which struck farmers and labourers who had just finished their day's work in eastern Nangarhar province. The workers had lit a bonfire and were sitting together when a drone targeted them. Afghanistan's defence ministry and a senior US official in Kabul confirmed the drone strike but did not share details of civilian casualties. Haider Khan, who owns the pine nut fields, said about 150 workers were there for harvesting, with some still missing, as well as the confirmed dead and injured. Hundreds of civilians have been killed in fighting across Afghanistan after the collapse of US-Taliban peace talks this month. The Taliban has warned Donald Trump will regret his decision to abruptly call off talks that could have led to a political settlement to end the 18-year-old war. The United Nations says nearly 4,000 civilians were killed or wounded in the first half of this year. That included a big increase in casualties inflicted by government and US-led foreign forces. You can subscribe to The News with your favourite podcast app or enable The News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Follow us on Twitter at The News underscore podcast. The News is an independent production covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering honest, verified and truthful world news daily. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, Shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.